Good morning. This is Pastor Randy Anderson of This Is For You Ministry. I give thanks unto my Heavenly Father, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has allowed me another opportunity to speak to you. Today being Sunday, September 26, 2021, the Lord has provided a word for you. Amen. Let us pray. Fathers, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord. We do thank you, dear Lord God, for this another day. We thank you, dear Lord, as we come to the conclusion, dear Lord, Father, of the works of the flesh, dear Lord. We pray, dear Lord God, that this would be a blessing unto those that were here. Lord God, we realize, dear Lord God, that you ordered our steps and our stops. And we were unable, dear Lord Father, to do a podcast on Friday and Saturday. But nevertheless, we go forward, dear Lord God, being led by the Spirit, dear Lord God, to do the things, dear Lord God, that we would. Father, which would be your will, the Lord God, to be able to present a word, the Lord Father, unto the people. Now, Lord God, bless this word, the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go and read our foundational scripture, which is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 21. And the scripture says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envying, murderers, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Our title of this message, as it has been all week long, it is dealing with the deeds or the works of the flesh. And as we conclude on the works of the flesh, uh, the last two that we will be addressing today will be drunkenness and reveling. Drunkenness and reveling. Drunkenness is the condition of being delirious with alcohol, intoxication. Reveling is a carousal where feasts and drinking parties that are protracted until late at night and indulge in reverie. The condition of being delirious comes from wine and strong drinks that are done as such feasts, but not limited there because the participant can become drunk while being alone. Drunkenness can be, appear to be innocent at first, but as it progresses in one system, it would change the individual, causing them to do and act out things that they would never do with a sober mind. The purpose of the individual getting drunk is to feel good, get a buzz, having fun, so they say. But the danger of this condition is that the person is being controlled by evil spirits. Drunkenness is brought about by a substance called wine, beer, or even strong or stronger drinks. Wine is defined as an alcoholic fermented juice of a plant produced used as a beverage. The aroma, the sweetness from the fruit is what draws one to the wine. 
Since the Bible is our standard by which we live, then what does it say about wine and strong drink? And I would like to say it says much about this subject. And I realize that a lot of us, uh, I know, know back in my day, you know, we didn't give the Bible consideration. It's just whatever we wanted to do. Uh, that's what was done in society. Everybody would uh, get a drink and get drunk, uh, lift up drinks, get drunk, uh, drink, you know, while they're getting them, having their meals. But somehow they get drunk or get the buzz, which is still drunkenness. Nevertheless, we need to get the understanding of what the Bible says about this subject. Here we go. The Bible says wine is a mocker which means that it will cause a person to be boastful or talk arrogant or arrogantly. Strong drink is raging, which is to be boisterous, to be turbulent. And it goes on to say, and whosoever is deceived to be a partaker of them is not wise. You say, brother, that does not say that in the Bible. Yes, it does. There was a man by the name of King Solomon who was the wisest man that ever lived upon the face of this earth. And he wrote these things in the book of Proverbs. And you'll find that particular verse in Proverbs chapter 20, verse one. The next one is found in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 29 to 35, which says, who has woes? What do you mean woe? Intense unhappiness, grief, sorrow, or affliction. Who has those? Who has sorrow? Who has contention? Who has babbling? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of the eyes? They that tarry along at the wine, they go to seek mixed wine. Look not upon the wine when it is red, when it gives its color in the cup, when it moves itself aright. At the last, it bites like a serpent and sting like an adder. Thy eyes shall behold strange women and thy heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lies down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lies upon the top of a mass. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake, or when I will awake, I will seek it yet again. Please tell me that you've seen people that have done these things. Because that is the condition of one who becomes a drunker, or we call them an alcoholic. We find that this is what takes place when these people, or I shouldn't say these people, when those who go after the wine, the mixed drinks, the strong drinks, even a simple can of beer, can cause this thing to take place in one's life. It is mentioned also again in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 5, verse 11, and uh, pardon me, 11 to 15. It says, Woe, here again, that word again, woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drinks that continue until night to wine inflame them. And the heart and the vial and the tabard and the pipe and wine are in their feasts. They, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. 
Therefore, here's, here, listen to what he said now. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pardon me. And the mean man shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment and God is holy, shall be sanctified in righteousness. See, it wasn't meant for you and I to be a partaker of these things. You say, well, then why didn't God just remove it out of the earth? Well, because he gave us free will. You and I have to make choices throughout our entire life on what we do and don't do. But we must also realize there is consequences or reward that comes about by the choices that we make. You say, well, I don't like to be in the condition that I'm in. Well, let me put it this way, and I'm putting it very mildly. You are where you are because of the choice you made. You can't blame it on your mama. You can't blame it on daddy. You can't blame it on whatever happened in the past. It all comes down to this. You chose to be in the condition that you are. But I'm not saying that to sound condemning because I want to be able to get you to understand God does not want you to be controlled by alcohol. He doesn't want you to be controlled by alcohol. We find out in scriptures in the New Testament, they tried to give wine to Jesus while he was on the cross, but he didn't receive it. According to Matthew, Mark, pardon me, Mark chapter 15, verse 22 and 23, which says, I'm gonna go ahead and read that. And they bring him into a place, Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. Why do you think they did that? They wanted Jesus, they know he was suffering, but they wanted this wine to alter his thinking or to alter the pain, but he did not receive it. Why? It was not God's will for him to take that. It was God's will for him to suffer and feel the pain of that suffering without any chemical drinks or whatever it may be to alter his mind or his way of thinking. And I say, thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah for doing it all for me. Amen. As Christians, here are our instructions. Here are our instructions. First of all, we find the first instruction is given to us from Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. And it says, in that, knowing the time, that now is the high time to wake out of sleep. Let me stop right there. He was not trying to say wake up somebody who's actually slept during the night. In that sense of the word, he's saying it's now time for us to wake out of our spiritual sleep. We need to awaken out of that sleep and quit saying, I didn't know, didn't, you know, the Bible doesn't say that. Well, did you try to find out if it said anything about it? Did you try to find out what God's word said about that situation? If you didn't, and you refuse to go, you are in a sleep state. And he said, now is the time to wake up out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. 
The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us not let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, that's your reverend, and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It also followed up with the same thought process in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5. It said, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. He's only speaking to those that are saved, those that have been born again. So he's not just, as you will read that, you wouldn't think that would be you if you have not been born again. I just need to clarify that. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others but let us watch and be sober for they that sleep sleep in the night and they be drunken or drunken in the night but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breath place of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation for god is not appointed us to wrath but to attain salvation by our lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So as we walk through this life, we need to consider, and I'm just talking about drunkenness at the moment and reverie. We need to consider that, you know, drunkenness really is an altar of one's mind. And can pervert one's thought process and judgment on what's good and what's evil. What people don't realize is behind that is spirits that are controlling them. It is spirits, and I let me refer to it this way. It is evil spirits that are controlling them. Causing them to do things that they wouldn't do. That they wouldn't normally do. But we as Christians, we need to take this thing seriously. You say, well, a little drink wouldn't hurt. Yeah, it may not. It may not at first. But let me share this with you. If an alcoholic came into your church and he came and was led by the spirit of God to be able to receive a word for deliverance from that power of alcoholism in his life. And let's go on a little bit further and say that he received and got saved. And now he's a newborn babe in Christ. And he happens to go with you saints out to some place, maybe on a cruise. Let's do it that way. Some churches go on a cruise. And he goes on the cruise and he sees you, the pastor, and any other people there just take a drink while eating. What effect do you think that that will have on that new convert? What effect do you think that that would have on that new convert? You say, well, you know, no, he just, he, he, he needs to understand it just one. Well, let me ask you this. For an alcoholic to become an alcoholic, he doesn't have a degree and went to college to say, I'm an alcoholic. If he had to testify, which I have would do for him. 
it takes the very first drink to become an alcoholic. See, it's the first drink that gets the taste buds going. Oh, man, that it wasn't bad at all. Then it takes the second drink. And you may not pay attention to it. You may feel this little buzz. Oh, mm -hmm. And you go for the third. And you say, that's enough for tonight. But you don't realize when you hit the buzz, you're already drunk. Then you go back again and again and again. And all of a sudden, it will increase in the number of drinks that you will be taking. That's what how alcoholism gets those to become alcoholic. That's exactly what it does. Amen. That's exactly what it does. But let's go on. According to Ephesians chapter 5, 15 and 18, this is us, the saints. Our walk need to be with caution. See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein excess, but be filled with the Spirit. My mind can't help but to take me back to the day of Pentecost. <coughs> oh, pardon me. When the Spirit of God came upon the, uh, the disciples and they came out into the street and began to speak in other tongue as the Spirit gave them utterance. And those that were listening heard them speak. And they wanted to find out, say, these people must be full of new wine. But Peter stood up and says, no, but this is that. The thing that they were seeing was that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And it wasn't the fact that they were drunken with wine. It appears that they were drunken or filled with the spirit. Amen. It has nothing to do with an external thing going on the inside to produce what's on the inside to come on the outside. Praise the Lord. It took the spirit of God to indwell them, to cause them to come out, to be seen in a different light, to give them the opportunity to give them a word or point back to the word of God, which is found in the book of Joel chapter two on why they were doing what they were doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me say this in the alcoholic state. Can the word of God give confidence that God is okay with being that drunken person? Matter of fact, the whole subject of what we're doing is called the work of the flesh which indicate God is not pleased with it. He is not pleased with it. As it go on, now listen to this. Look at what it says about leadership here. Look at what it says about leadership. It is found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 when Paul told Timothy to go and ordain a bishop in every church or pastors in every church. He said, this is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, or not addicted to wine. That's what that is saying. No striker, no greedy of filthy liquor, filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetousness. He went on to told the same thing to Titus. In Titus chapter 1, verse 5 to 9, it says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, 
that thou should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I appointed thee. For if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused or riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine. What does that word mean? Addicted to it. Not striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. And you know the rest, holding fast the faithful word as he'd been taught, that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For those of us that are saved, drunkenness and reverie should be in our past. It shouldn't be what we're doing now. It should be a thing that we've done in our past. Peter writes this, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the lust, in the flesh, pardon me, to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, which is drunkenness, reveling, banqueting and abominable idolatry that he says for the time past of our life may have sufficed or, or would have been permitted for us to have wrought the will of the gentiles how when we walked in these things that should be our past it should not be anything said presently about that now let me understand help us to understand those that are controlled by this alcoholic beverage those who are controlled by these evil spirits will start to do things that they should and we already know that it's always been we, we we see it in our news every day about people who have been drunking uh have beaten their wives uh they had brought harm to their children they have done things in such a way that they would not have done it if they had not been in this state of drunkenness, it would not have done it. Come to the women, they find out uh, that they get hooked on this stuff. And if they're married and they went out with the, with the sister girls, as they say, and all of a sudden, because they are controlled by this substance, I'm not saying this in every case, but if they're controlled by this substance and they're in the right, what they consider the right atmosphere. Now, all of a sudden, the husband is not part of their thought process. What's in view is that guy that's over there looking at you. God has given you, amen, your Boaz. You given you a man that was willing to take care of you, treat you like a queen, gave you everything that your heart's desire. You have family, amen. You have friends that associate with you simply because of what God has done. But you rather to trade the Boaz for the bozos, for those who don't give any consideration about you or how you feel. They wear the red nose so that you will laugh at them about that, so that you won't see the real thing that's happening from their heart, which is evil toward you. And I say that very respectfully not that i once again i'm not saying every woman that will go through that but those who do 
and they wake up the next morning feeling very sorrow about what had happened when they see uh, recognize what they had done was wrong all because they took that drink that they shouldn't have been a partaker of they took the drink that they should not have been a partaker of and as we head toward the closing of this message here i would like to speak to you with a word of wisdom from a mother that was written in the scripture the mother to a king which is found in proverbs chapter 31 verse 1 through 7. it says the words of king lemuel the prophecy that his mother taught him what my son and what the son of my womb and what the son of my vows give not thy strength unto woman nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink, to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy heart. Let them drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. But let me also state this. When they wake up from their alcoholic state, they will still remember their poverty and they still will remember their misery. The alcohol just altered it or gave you a false sense of security. But when it's all said and done, all those things are still there. As we go to the conclusion of everything that has been said all week long, I will close with this phrase of verse 21. And they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. What do you mean by such things? They or those who commit the sexual sins have not received the inheritance. Those who have committed the sin of uncleanness have not received the inheritance. Those who committed the sin of deception have not received the inheritance. Those who commit the emotional sins have not received the inheritance. Those who have committed the partying with spirits have not received the inheritance. The only way that anyone who does such things can receive the inheritance of the kingdom of God, they must be born again. There is no other way to receive the inheritance. You must be born again. You say, well, what is the inheritance? How did I know it? Well, as it is on the natural sense, an inheritance is a will that someone has drafted up and at the time of their death, that will is executed. And whatever their heart's desire is in that will, that is what the trustee must bring to pass. Anything and all the inherent, all the riches, all the things that are in that will will come to pass when the trustee execute the will. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary Cross, 
and was taken and rose again and went back into eternal glory. He opened up the will of God, which is called the New Testament, and shown in the New Testament what it is that we can receive as our inheritance. Amen. It shows what we can receive as our inheritance. Amen. Fathers, in the name of Jesus, we come before you as we close out this section of that of the works of the flesh. We pray that all that was being said and has been said, Lord God, Father, that the others, the Lord God, that are listening to it at the other end, may they be blessed, dear Lord Father, by the understanding that the Spirit has given. Uh, we only can wish that we had more time than 30 minutes, dear Lord God, but nevertheless, Lord Father, we use the opportunity that we have and we had to condense thing to the place, dear Lord God, that we can get those scriptures and points out, Lord God, to the listeners of this podcast. Lord, we pray, dear Lord God, that those who feel that we stepped on their toes, dear Father, may they realize, dear Lord God, that they need to understand. It's not about trying to hurt, but it's trying to bring forth a truth to get them to understand, dear God, Lord God, that the things that pleases you is those things that are written in your word. Have your will, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day.